0: Welcome to Golden Topics, which are personal discussions with a variety of professionals on critically important elder issues. Hi, my name is Miri Toffman, I'm a mother of three, a gerontologist, and an attorney specializing in elder law. My focus is helping senior citizens to stay in control when they reach significant junctions in their lives. I am a member of STEP, which is a global society of trust and estate practitioners. I lecture on estate planning and I write on various sites about the relationship between children and their elderly parents and the daily needs of the intergenerational family. These podcasts are personal discussions with a variety of professionals and are intended for anyone who is interested in being enriched with knowledgeable information regarding significant crossroads for seniors. Let's get started. I hope you enjoy it because a lot of seniors plan for retirement and actively manage their savings after retirement, a number of investment scams have been targeting them in particular. So today we're going to talk about elderly fraud basics, what to look out for, and how to protect ourselves from internet fraud. And before we start, I'd like to introduce my two speakers for today. So Alex Gaft, who is a certified fraud examiner and certified in financial crime prevention, correct? Yes. Did that right? Oh. And Good. And has led highly sensitive and complex fraud and forensic investigations worldwide. And Aaron Katzman, who is the president and CEO of Lighthouse Capital, a boutique wealth management firm based in Yerushalayim. And he has over 20 years of experience helping people open and manage their investment accounts so before we actually start into the nitty-gritty i want to open up with a recent case that i heard of in the news um israeli police are investigating dozens of cases recently to do with criminals who are taking advantage of the corona panic to basically break into other people's house and recent case was somebody who was a 67 year old pensioner who had a call from a non-traceable number. And the man introduced himself as a representative of the Ministry of Health and told him that due to exposure to a verified patient, verified COVID patient, he he and his whole family who's living with him have to basically be examined urgently and immediately and go to their kupat chulim, which they did, which meant the house was empty. And when they returned... They found that the house was broken into uh, jewelry and money and very expensive items were basically stolen and the house was a total mess. And um, when he was asked by the police, he said, I'm a law abiding citizen. I I thought it was a real message. It was a real phone call. The guy on the other side sounded real and very serious. And I had no reason to believe otherwise. So um, with that optimistic story. I'm going to transfer the microphone to Alex. Can you please um, explain a little bit more in depth about the types of abuse that we should be aware of?
1: Okay, so first of all, Miri, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Uh, I think that this topic is very, very important. And of course, uh, talking to my own parents from time to time about different uh, related topics, I know that uh, this is something that is of interest to uh, people of their age group. So I, I, I'm very happy to be here. Um, first of all, uh, please don't become paranoid as a result of this uh, webinar. Uh, me being paranoid, it's my like professional necessity, but uh, please don't become paranoid like me. Just know that uh, basically, uh, elderly population became a target group for, for criminals. And uh, just be careful and trust your, your, your gut feeling, because obviously you have a lot of experience, much more than probably three of us together. Uh, and just listen to, to your experience and your senses, and, like I said, your gut feeling, and then immediately you will pay attention to red flags that I'm gonna describe further on and then uh, just don't, don't don't become a victim. don't go easily with those crooks and, and fraudsters. And uh, also I think it's a it's a good advice also to uh, read again some of the O. Henry stories because most of investment schemes and other schemes they they, ha- they have been described there and nothing new has been invented since then. So those crooks they just do the same thing over and over again. Uh, basically uh hoping that we've, we 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 haven't read o oh, henry or just uh, forgotten <laughs> those stories okay. so so uh, most of the schemes uh, they uh, they are around uh, a term called social engineering what is basically social engineering uh this is an activity that is used basically to trick you into doing something so uh, this is psychological manipulation of people and uh, pressuring them into doing something that in a, under uh, regular circumstances they would never do this thing. Like uh, a merit uh, example that just, I mean, leaving your apartment um, and leaving something unguarded and going somewhere and by this allowing uh, those crooks to just break in uh, or I don't know to to leave your wallet on on the table basically somewhere and just go away. Uh, so this is a great example. Uh, and usually uh, there is an impersonation involved as well. So in this case, uh, the crook impersonated representative of Ministry of Health. And uh, in many cases, the, uh, this is the the best option for them to impersonate someone official, like NHS in UK or a representative of any uh, official entity in in the States. Because, obviously, um, people, uh, they're they're disciplined, plus they trust the authorities, and they they never question such an approach if it sounds professional and solid, and if uh, the crooks use proper keywords. And they know, of course, uh, how to talk to you and what what terms to use and how to pressure you into doing something. So they manage to overcome your natural controls. They manage to present it as something unconspicuous. And here you have to use this gut feeling to say that something is not right, something is not proper. And maybe, maybe you need just to rethink or double check. So um, they can also represent themselves as... um, Uh, someone from your bank, someone from your Kopat Holim, someone from any place where you need your personal details or your password, Um, so they can later on, of course, to take over your assets or your your account. Um, Sometimes, if it's about uh, investment, so they may impersonate representatives of the legitimate investment fund and try to spin a story, a one life, in uh, in a time opportunity or something, just to pressure you again that only today we have this uh, this option, this opportunity. You have immediately to transfer or to buy something or to transfer money or to give you some some detail. Um. Uh, okay, so um, it the, the this approach. Uh, to you uh, using social engineering can come via phone or uh, via email, uh, via SMS, via WhatsApp so any uh, communication channel available to them they will use it so with this uh, I I hope that I explained uh, the term properly, we can move into another uh, term that you should be aware of and it's called phishing and I'm sure that most of you know what it is, but you have to know that phishing now, it's a broad, very broad term, and it comes in many forms. And basically, like I said, it includes both emails and both SMS messages and uh, messages coming from, from any app, uh, communication app that you use, uh, WhatsApp, Viber, Telegram, Signal, uh, any, any form. And again... Here, they try to impersonate someone, so you can receive an SMS, allegedly, from uh, your bank or from PayPal or from um, your internet provider. And usually, this message, either email or another form, will include a link that you have to press. And, of course, there will be a story around it, like, uh, we saw some suspicious activity in your account. Please log in and uh, provide your um, your password or your account details, so we may verify that it's it was your activity. So it will look very legit. It will even be signed like a bank security department or information security department or uh, NHS or Bituach Leumi or something. But you have to press the link, and then this link takes you to a malicious site. Where you ask, you're asked to input your your either private information like to that Zoot or account number, or uh, you're asked to log in. So basically, you give you the fraudster your password, your username, uh, and any kind of like secret questions that you have, and then you're able to log in into your account or any any place where you store your personal information or your assets. And then, of course, they will do their thing, their fraud. So, um, uh, also very popular, um, a message coming from a Microsoft support team, like you have a problems with your computer, uh, you you have a problems with your phone, uh, coming from a, a company that um, supports your um, your your phone, cellcom or partner or uh, anything. So uh, my advice is to, if it comes uh, through SMS, just disregard it. That's what I tell my parents, at least, because, uh, I, I mean, the chances that your bank or any serious uh, company will provide in such instructions to you via SMS, uh, they're almost nil. Uh, if your bank or um, other things, they use two-factor authentication, which means that you log in with your password and then they also send you an SMS with a second code, then it's legitimate. But if it just out of the blue you receive a message telling you to do something, either to disclose your personal details or to log in with your password, then just disregard it, delete it, don't react to it, because if it's a real message, maximum, the bank will contact you again through phone, or from some other legitimate form of communication. Uh, I mean, even email should look suspicious. Uh, But, uh, for example, uh, how we can check if the email is legitimate? So, usually, you will see that uh, the address is legitimate. It looks like it's coming from your bank. It will say something, bankapoalim.com. But if you hover with your mouse over this address or if it's on your iPad or iPhone, you just press on it, you will see the the whole address it's coming from. And then you may see that actually only beginning of the address is made to look like it's from a legitimate domain of a bank or of another institution, but... After it, you see the real address and it will be something totally uh, not authorized or just just some some address. And then, basically, you can understand that it's a phishing and something is going on. Because, uh, I mean, a couple of years ago, usually the text had the uh, grammar mistakes in it because uh, those emails were coming from Africa or from Asia and their English was not so good but uh, now they really did the homework and uh, the text is perfect they have all the logos they copy paste all the signatures and all the right of uh, like authentication details into the email so it looks really legitimate and only through uh, studying the address you can basically understand As a private person, of course, companies, they have special tools to defend themselves that uncover phishing, but as a private individual, this is basically the only uh, way. Of course, you may receive a message from PayPal and you don't have PayPal, so you know it's phishing, but uh, otherwise, if you really have a PayPal, this is the only way to to understand that. uh, So please double check, triple check. And uh, better uh, not react to the first approach. Like, even if it looks legitimate, delete it and wait for a second one. Because if it's a real case, there will be always a second attempt uh, to contact you through the contact information that you provided. So they will probably have your phone. And, And the opposite. If someone just calls you and presents himself as a representative of something, Better call back or just uh, take contact uh, or use the legitimate type of of uh, contact details that you have with you uh, and, and check if if it's a legitimate approach and not someone trying to just trick you. Uh, yeah. Sorry if it sounded a bit complicated, but just uh, use your experience, your head, and I, I'm sure that 90% of the cases you won't be a victim.
0: So basically, it's if somebody if somebody um, says today is just for today, this special thing, you should log in. So, from what I understand, a, a
1: great red flag. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a really a red flag. Anything Anything that sounds that someone tries to pressure you, to threaten you, or to create a sense of emergency, red flag, because no a uh, real institution will try to pressure their clients or to be rude or to be, or like uh, sound. Uh, I, and I mean the cases of emergency, it should be like 0.01% of a uh, normal activity. So uh, just be careful.
0: Okay. How about you, Aaron? Can you give us examples of abuse in your area in the financial world?
2: Sure. Thanks for having me, first of all. Um look I, I as a licensed advisor both in Israel and in the. US with money sort of being in in, in the middle right um y- your clients are are you know they are the target in certain respects um you know in terms of phishing I'll tell you a, a story that happened a few years ago I got a urgent call from a client he was an he was a doctor a retired doctor go figure right um and he goes I got to see you immediately so I say, okay. So he comes down to the office and he says, I got this email and we've all gotten this email, right? I'm going to say something and you're, you're going to be shocked that somebody fell for it. Right. But it says, I got an email that I won the lottery. Okay. Oh, I have you. to give a little money and um, I'm flying. you know, uh, they told me to give a little bit of money. and I'm going to get the money. I just have to pay the tax on it or something. And then I'm going to get whatever it is, $50 million or something like that. So I, of course I said, did you enter the lottery? Right. How do you win a lottery? If you don't buy a ticket, all these things. I calmed him down. I called his wife down. About two weeks later, I was actually, um, I landed at Ben-Gurion. I was abroad and I came back and I turned on my phone and there was a frantic message from the wife. And she said, my husband is on his way to the airport right now. And he bought a ticket to go to the UK. He's going to Heathrow. Because he, took, they met up with him and they told him, if you just give us an extra couple thousand uh, pounds in cash, then we have a safe deposit box and all in whatever it is, the fifty million pounds, fifty million dollars is in the safe deposit box and it'll be yours. So I, you know, obviously told them in strongest terms possible, don't go, it's a scam, please don't go, and it's a scam. And it turns out they didn't go, and obviously he had a little bit of dementia going on, and you know that's where it really, really. Um, uh uh it hits and you see these in time you know um it can even be um you know help when the elderly have help you know and they've got checkbooks Alex you mentioned checkbooks you know checkbooks lying around the house and signatures lying around the house not on the check on something right it's not so difficult for the help or for somebody else to get into the house and just put two two together right and they get the signature and sign that check uh, the cleaning lady yeah yeah it happens all the time you know i don't want to give any names we actually know somebody actually know somebody who was nailed for identity fraud and he would go in and you know he went to a house once of some, an elderly person who didn't hear very well and just got into the house um the door was open he checked he came coming you know he kept coming by coming by and one time you know he checked and the door was open he came in and the next thing we knew, we heard, was that there were charges, you know, on a credit card. And thankfully, the credit card company has their security provisions built in, and they call, you know, the third party and some of these your things, and we stopped it. But these are kinds of things which happen all the time. Now, those are the kinds of things which you hear about. Um, they're in the news. But there's a different type of fraud also. And if I can, you know, sort of criticize my industry, there's more than one financial advisor out there who's gotten busted. And I bet you there are a lot, there's a hundred times more who haven't gotten busted for taking advantage of the elderly. And it might be selling a product, an investment product to an elderly person where it's just not relevant to them. You know, let's say somebody's in their early 90s and you sell them a 25 year product, which is going to pay out over the course of 25 years. And there's a big fat commission for the advisor to do that. Obviously that's a scam, a big, big scam. Right, so it's really all over, and you know the the regulators are starting to get in on it. Nobody knows the numbers, but their estimations because c- a lot of the stuff is never reported. But the, I saw numbers that one in five elderly are are there's an attempted fraud against them financially. You're talking about tens, if not hundreds, of billions of dollars of fraud that goes on on an annual basis. So it's a huge, huge issue, wow. um, and everybody, family members. You know, everybody has to sort of keep their eyes open um, because, people, you know, unfortunately, um, they're a target. And sometimes on a psychological level, right, when they get older and they were a doctor or they were impressive, right, pride comes in. And they can't give up control. And they think, no, don't bother me. I know what I'm doing. And that's when bad things really, really happen. So people really have to be uh, keep on uh, keep alert about this kind of stuff.
1: That's very good points. That's very good that point. You have you have some very uh, very uh, interesting movies on Netflix about you know those schemes, uh, including what you mentioned. So if people have access, I would recommend watching uh, one. I think is called Dirty Money, and there are others that really uh, give examples and go into the schemes. Uh, exactly what you mentioned it's it, it's not just against the elderly, of course, but they're the easy target uh, again, because of their trust um, and because of because they're just different from current uh, um, generation, uh, because they're just uh, easier to use the social engineering on uh, because of the way they grew up and the the society, the society was different.
0: They're more naive, also, and they're less techy savvy. So they think it's probably right. They don't even bother looking at the things that you mentioned, like looking at the email address, or thinking, you know, out of the box, because you know they said so, that must be true.
2: And who would ever think, uh, who would ever think that their helper, right, who's taking them to the doctor and giving them their medicine and making uh, salad for them, who would ever imagine that that person is? Uh, wiping them out might be selling, you know, valuable heirlooms. Who would ever dream of that, right? They're trusting, and that just compounds the problem.
1: Right. So, and, when- and, uh, another problem is uh, that the fraudsters they keep developing and keep evolving. So, if uh, a couple of years ago uh, the scheme uh, you mentioned, Aaron, about winning a lottery or getting uh, an inheritance. Uh, via some uh, Nigerian uh, lawyer, that uh, a guy with your family name uh, is is deceased and left 100 million dollars, and like you said, you just have to send us a couple of thousands to arrange a money transfer. Uh, And I mean, then people believed those schemes, even those uh, things that look unbelievable. So now, this is much more sophisticated, uh, those schemes uh and uh for people that uh, like you mentioned uh retired doctors retired professionals that uh, that um they feel that they're uh, sophisticated as well or that they uh filled serious positions and that they uh did a lot of serious things um they uh, think that um i mean uh, we, we will handle this uh, complexity uh, it's it's fine, but, I mean, it's uh, they manage to defraud everyone, so, of course, uh, they will succeed with people less tech-savvy, for example, or just less involved with current products that are less updated, that uh, just read uh, different type of news, that are interested in different topics that just don't follow those things like we do. So it's not because you're elderly or because it's just because you are maybe from, from, from different time and you have different interests, so you're you, you not aware of those risks. So this is the only, um, the only purpose of our session here just to update you, not to claim that you' are weak or something, uh, just to, to uh, an awareness. Uh, because this is the, the, a big thing. If you're aware, you, you're protected. So going back, if I may, uh, Mirit, to the uh, complex financial products that maybe Aaron will elaborate a bit later on. Um, usually, um, uh, you know, pe- elderly people become victims of um, uh, fraudsters when they sell them very complicated uh, financial products. Uh, I mean, it can be sold by legitimate brokers, of course, just to have uh, make a buck a fee. But also, um, fraudsters can uh, impersonate uh, legitimate uh, um, investment funds or legitimate brokers and just sell uh, a hot air balloon uh, to people and take their money when there is basically nothing behind uh, the, the the proposal. So. Um, I'm conscious about the time, so basically, what are the red flags? How can we recognize that something is suspicious, that it may be a fraud? So, uh, the the proposal will be very tempting, very luring. So, they will it will be a honeypot, basically, we call it a honeypot. Uh, it will be like fishing, so they will uh, reel you in and put um, a, a very juicy uh, thing <laughs> um, out. So, um, the, the profit will be above average, of course. Uh, it will be some kind of secret scheme. I heard about United Nations secret fund that only special people have access to it. So you will feel like you're special, that you're approached because you were CEO of uh, a big company before you retired or a doctor or someone. Or you even were a broker yourself, but many years ago. So profit about above average, unique investment method. Usually they sell an uh, unexplainable, but unique method. It, like Bernie Madoff, uh, he presented, he, uh, like he de- developed a unique method uh, that no one really understood, and the moment someone really tried to analyze the method, it was clear that it's fraud, just no one listened. Um, uh, what else? Um, they will, they will never uh, describe the method to you or the scheme, it will be very vague. Only promises, a lot of hot air. Uh, and just understand that some of the fraudsters, they created a fake platform where you could log in and see graphs, see your account, see your profits. But it was all uh, fraudulent, there was nothing behind it, they, they, it was all fake, fake numbers. But it looked like legitimate account, investment account, you saw movements, you saw profits and of course everything grew and uh, you, you never had to worry. But the moment you wanted to draw the money, then the problem started. And very shortly, uh, just to mention some of the, those schemes, so you have of course cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, very popular to lure people in because uh, it's, it's just going up now, and everyone invests in it. So a lot of fake schemes and um, ICOs, when they just sell new coins. Forex, uh, when you uh, buy and sell um, currency. Uh, actually, now in Israel, I think it's illegal, but they operate from Cyprus, uh, or they have a call center in India calling people. Uh, impersonating, again, a company in UK or in the United States, selling those schemes. Uh, Very risky, very risky, and uh, some of it just fraudulent and empty. Uh, And, of course, uh, Ponzi schemes, uh, which are, in general, investment schemes, where they gather money from a lot of people, and the first who get in, they actually manage to get something back, so they're like successful customers and they're an example of a success of this scheme. But the more people join, of course, the more chances are that the owners won't be able to pay out to everyone and it just fails and crumbles. So again, be careful. Uh, try to analyze. Uh, don't be tempted. And if it sounds too good to be true, it's a fraud. Okay, so let's... Just say in Just simple, no magic schemes, and Aaron will confirm, no magic wand, no magic investments without risk or with above average profit. Uh, So just just be careful and double, triple check. And if you have a doubt, talk to Aaron.
0: That's what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. So if there's somebody who really doesn't understand about financial investments and suddenly gets this email where it looks too good to be true so it's probably is too good to be true the best thing probably to do is go to you know their investment advisor who they trust and walk it through with them to make sure that it's actually a real thing and not just a fake correct Aaron?
2: for sure and i'll tell you even in the regulators in the states have like a hotline for for seniors that they can call um if they think that they're being exploited financially I mean, everybody's taking this really seriously. I, I think it has to do with, we mentioned the trust. We mentioned, Alex mentioned sort of, he he went around it exactly, but 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 you were hitting on it, the need for income. Right? Like elderly, elderly people are living on fixed income, very many of them. And if you can tempt them, you know, if you put your money in the bank today, we all know you get a big fat zero. There's no interest. There's no nothing which is guaranteed or safe which is going to pay. You have to take a little bit of risk. So when somebody calls you up saying from, I'm from, you know, uh, whatever, you know, when you, in the old days, you would go to 47th street in New York to buy a watch, you know, you buy a Rolex, but they spelled it wrong. You know, it was instead of the roll it with an E it was with an A or something like that. Right. You bought it for $1.50 instead of for a thousand dollars. So, you know, it's, you know, gold men's sacks instead of gold man's sacks. Right. They, they call up with these fancy names and they're impressive and, they promise you, you know, more, way more than you could ever get. And that's the point, right? Like Alex said, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And we've seen it here also, not in the elderly. We've seen it. I remember there was an Israeli firm, Um, They ended up getting in big trouble because it was a Ponzi scheme at the end. Or a fraud. I'm not sure exactly what. They were calling up offering 8%, 9% um, deposits from a Georgian bank. And we're not talking them... We're not talking about atlanta georgia we're not about the state of georgia we're talking about the country of georgia okay and they were guaranteeing when 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 other banks dollar germans were giving maybe one percent they were giving nine percent and it was guaranteed
1: you have it now with ukraine with 12 15 promise
2: yeah. yeah and at the end of the day they got people into that and of course that was a scam and they got people into real estate deals where there was no property Um, One thing I can tell you, when you're buying, there's been a lot of financial abuse, um, seniors and everybody, um, but for for Israelis who buy real estate abroad, because they don't check and they rely on, uh, you know, they rely on sort of the old boys network. And sometimes they're also crooked and they'll sell the same apartment three times. I know somebody that happened to. They've already been sold a few times. If you really, really careful to make sure it's your name, check the property. I mean, there's so much. You know, what you would tell your children to look out for, you yourself have to look out for. It's pretty basic, but people get, you know, if they're in a time of financial need, they sometimes take risks which they shouldn't be taking. Um, and they end up getting themselves into really, really big trouble. So again, for the third time, right? It, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And you have to really, really, you know, buyer beware.
0: Are there special um, flags that you look out for for your clients on a financial investments that you yourself make for them?
2: Yeah, well, I'll tell you the regular, we get checked on our investments to make sure that our investments are in line with um, the, the goals and the needs of the client. But let's just take a step back. If we were to see unusual activity, right, let's say the client never transfers money and all of a sudden you know, a 50000 or hundred $50, dollars wire transfer request comes through. That's something that we, before they, it'll get released, we actually have to look into. And we have to find out what the story is, right? If it's a real signature, if they really need the money, any kind of unusual activity, right? If they they've sort of built up a track record over the years, right? So you sort of know what to expect and what not to expect. And all of a sudden, when the client sort of goes off a little bit, that's already a big, big red flag. And you have to look, it's our responsibility, it's the advisor, it's the firm's responsibility uh, to make sure that, that you know, that they catch it. And sometimes it really is fine, but sometimes you never know. It could be, there could be a a scam. Another thing that's been sort of put out there is um, what's called a trusted contact. We're required now, I think it's for everybody over 70, over 63, I'm not exactly sure the the age, we do it for 20-year-olds who open accounts. Um, where we have to get somebody who generally is a family member, but who is considered a, a trusted contact for the client. So that if we think something is wrong, maybe there's been a slippage mentally, a little dementia, whatever it is, or again, something over and over, um, either trades or whatever, which has not been sort of in the pattern of the client, we're actually able to call that per- person. Um, we can't discuss any account information with them, obviously, because of secrecy, but we can find it, we can ask other questions to make sure that the client is okay, hasn't gone through any medical uh issues or anything like that. So everybody's pretty much on board that knowing that this is a big, big issue. And, you know, we everybody's trying to do their best, but it's not just like on the advisors, it's family members also. Our family members notice certain things, hear certain things they should make a call also or they check with the with, with the elderly person and make sure that what's going on and make sure, again, patterns are a beautiful thing. And if things go off a pattern, become not nor- not the normal, that's the biggest red flag that there is. And Merit and Aaron, if I may add,
1: I mean, uh, us talking may sound a bit complicated or boring to our audience, but again, I talked about Henry stories and Netflix movies, but also... There was a very nice series in Israel, in Hebrew, about Eti Alon and the Bank Limishar, about like the biggest fraud in Israeli history. And it beautifully describes all the red flags and her clients are elderly people, basically, that he defrauded with dormant accounts. People that trusted her for many years. It's exactly an example of everything we talked about of how she became a fraudster and how she did it and how no one paid attention. Um, so, again, if what we say sounds uh, boring and complicated, just watch the series. And, I mean, it, it covers uh, almost everything we, we, we described. And it's, of course, much more
2: entertaining.
0: <laughs>
2: so we car, When people would come for a deposit, she would go out to their car and accept the deposit for them. You know, that that's like not but that's you're raising all kinds, you know, the sirens should be going off when you hear something like that. Not just Absolutely. the flat.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think two main things that I would, would take from that, apart, I mean, apart from all that information that you guys gave everybody here is a not to be tempted to you know big big um deals that have like a time span of 12 hours 24 hours whatever it is that you must do this right now quickly and the other thing is if you're not sure then speak to family other family members digest the information make sure that you're not actually doing don't do things on your own when you are not sure because if you're not sure use your gut feeling as alex said at the beginning. It's probably not something that you should be doing and speak to a family member just to verify that. So it's not it's not that you are not smart enough. it's actually probably you're very smart and you should be using your instincts which are usually correct.
1: So um, exactly. don't don't click things in a hurry and don't disclose personal things in a hurry. Never. Just stop for a second and think about it and it's better just to switch off or delete and let them contact you again. And then you have time to think about it.
2: You never lose money by not investing.
1: Absolutely. Or not replying or not answering the
0: phone. 100%. The only thing I would do in a hurry is if there's, you know, which we haven't seen now for ages is the mall. When the mall's finally open and there's that that dress, 50%, yes. Then you'll get it because it's probably not going to be there tomorrow. But apart from that, everything else, weigh it out. Don't look at things. Um, Don't do anything in a hurry and in a rush. Um, well, guys, it's been fascinating. Really, thank you so much for sharing all that information with us. I really, really appreciate- Thank you for listening to another episode of Golden Topics. I hope you enjoyed it and that it provided you with important information. Do not forget to click and subscribe to Golden Topics so that you can stay updated on my upcoming podcasts. And of course, please share and invite family and friends to listen so that they can also benefit from the information discussed here. You are also welcome to visit my website www.lawmireet.com and to follow me on Facebook for more information regarding intergenerational estate planning and the various needs of the elderly population. I'm already waiting for you with my coffee in the next episode.